You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 99 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. We would like to give a big thanks to Titus Ambronicus for our newest five-star rating and positive review on Apple Podcasts. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. Hell yeah, Blasco. Now we're just talking about 99 red freaking balloons and, uh, (laughs) you know... Or at least 99, episode 99. Congratulations. And I'm thinking about 99 Red Balloons. And I'm thinking about the seven seconds version, not Nina Cherry. Exactly. Uh, In the last episode, we chatted about the stay-at-home musician. That was a really great episode, so check it out if you haven't already. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCJabberJaw and get 15% off your entire order. Heck yeah, those guys have been supporting us all year, so continue to support them. Uh, If you're listening to this the day it comes out, it's Christmas Eve, so it's probably a little too late to get someone that last-minute Christmas gift. However, if you're lucky and you've got gift cards or you return some items and you've got cash in hand, head over to rockabilia.com. they got over 500 thousand plus items of just so much cool stuff bands movies you name it um tell them blasco and mike sent you and use that code pc jabber for 15 percent off yep today's episode is also sponsored by the cool kids over at bandzoogle.com where you can build a stunning website for your music in minutes try it free for 30 days and be sure to use the promo code mental to get 15 percent off the first year of your subscription man those cool cats over at bandzoogle they're canadian and i'm pretty sure they celebrate christmas the same time that we do uh that said i know thanksgiving they do it a little bit differently up there it doesn't really matter you need a website for your band each and every day of the year they make it easy to integrate all of the third-party tools that you use and like uh so head over to bandzoogle.com check them out tell them blasco mike sent you and remember code mental gets you 15 percent off Uh, This week, we talk about rejection in the music industry. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Mike, I was combing the internet for today's episode and stumbled upon this article written by Alice Berg, and it's titled, Five Ways to Deal with Rejections in the Music Industry. And it starts off like this. If you feel you have been treated unfairly, there's no reason to stress about it as well. 
All you need to do is to learn how to deal with those refusals and find the motivation to go on trying, even when dealing with constant rejection. Here we discuss five simple steps that help to overcome the failure and grab the needed inspiration. Number one, don't take it personally. Industry professionals have nothing else but to reject someone due to the quality of their music, confidence on the stage, willingness to work hard, perspectives that they see, etc. Do not take it personally and don't act on emotions. Calm down and keep going. Yeah, I mean, this is such an interesting and cool article. Um, You know, it's something that I wish that I would have tapped into much earlier in my career because you're really dealing with, you know, art and art is a very personal thing, or at least oftentimes it's a very personal thing. And so when you've put your heart and energy and effort and soul into it to have someone tell you that it's not good enough can be the ultimate punch in the gut. That said, you know, it's subjective and you have to understand that those of us that do what we do and have been doing it for a long time, you know, yeah, we, we, we aren't, we aren't out to break anybody's heart for the sole intention of breaking anybody's heart. We are here to, you know, try to try to be able to handpick, you know, or play a part in picking, you know, stuff with the best, you know, quality that shines through according to our perspective. So yeah, this is a really great one. And, and honestly, just such a, such a challenging thing to grasp, I think for many people early in their careers. Yeah. I mean, if you, put yourself in a position to rely on gatekeepers, to rely on someone to accept the fact that your stuff is acceptable for whatever it is that they own, a record label, a publicity company, whatever, anyone that is in the position to reject you and your art and your music. um, These things are going to happen. And, you know, number one, don't take it personally. I think that's right in that like you're if if you're putting yourself in a position to rely on other people, you can't take it personally if someone doesn't like it because it's just their opinion. I mean, Mike, how often, you know, do does stuff come across our desk and for one reason or another, we don't like it, you know? And it's not it's not that it means that it's bad or not you know, not acceptable in in the grand scheme of things, but it's just not right for us at that particular time. And like the article says, I kind of edited it out because it's a little redundant. But you know, they they she points out things like the majority of highly successful bands have faced rejection along the way, whether it's Lady Gaga or the Beatles or whatever. It's like they weren't accepted right away and they had to find the right situation that worked best for them you know um but uh yeah and i mean i think what's so interesting you know again we're in this the subjective business you know art is a subjective thing and you know if i compare it to something that where a lot of my analogies come from which is like sports you know there's no in music there's no right exact time to present things to people. Whereas in sports, if you grow up and you play and, you know, little league, and then you get into high school and then you go to college and eventually you might make the pros, there's a pretty defined timeline of like when you're supposed to hit certain milestones. We've seen it in music. You know, we watch bands completely break out when kids are the 
or age of 15. Uh, and we've watched people suffer and struggle and face rejection for 15 years and not catch a break until they're in their thirties. And so, you know, I think that's part of the challenge is it is so unknown. And what we're here to do is tell you like, it's okay for that process to be unknown. And if you can work early on and really understand that, that it isn't meant to be taken personally, I think you're going to have a little bit of an easier uh, time navigating this crazy business. Number two, work on your mistakes. Think about the feedback that you've received. In fact, any feedback is very useful, especially from professionals. You should appreciate it. That gives you a chance to see your strong and weak sides, to determine what you should improve to become great one day. You have to learn from rejection and you have to prove your critics wrong by coming up with the with the beloved audience for your work and keep doing what you love. Yeah. I mean, I think what's so challenging, if I can go back to, you know, when I was younger is, you know, I really only had my perspective, you know, and whatever I was creating or whatever I was doing, you know, I knew I was giving it a hundred percent. And so when somebody was trying to give me criticism, I was like, well, man, I mean, dude, this is the best I can do, you know? So that's gotta be good enough. But if I think back, I mean, and and what this article is saying is, well, trust the people, you know, or at least give it the time of day for somebody that's actually taking the time to give you feedback. Understand that they probably are coming from a place that's seen artists in very similar positions to where you've been at one point or another. And if you can, you know, let that uh, marinate and kind of resonate within, you know, your, your head as to... Maybe, you know, and if you don't agree with it, maybe ask why they're giving you this particular type of feedback. I think so many of us, you know, and I'm guilty of this and surely have been in the past is we only want to hear things that, that, you know, support our worldview, you know, or our, you know, musical taste view. We don't want to be challenged and, and, you know, be given this sort of stuff that seems like a lot of hard work when we've already put so much work into it to get it to the place where, yeah, it's it's being rejected initially. Yeah. I mean, um, we're, we're all just people with opinions. Um, and it's like, if you're fortunate enough to get some feedback, you know, take it to heart. But, um, but I, I think you got to trust your gut as well. And, you know, not, not, uh, not any of us are, are, are right uh, all the time. And just because I think there's something maybe that you could do to improve your music, maybe that isn't the right thing, right? Maybe my opinion about or my feedback for you isn't, you know, totally on point. I mean, maybe it's things like, hey, I don't, I don't know that sonically what, where you're trying to put your music is competitive enough with what what's out there. And I think that's very constructive type of feedback to where it's something fixable. Like, and it might cost a few bucks to get there, but the reality is if it's not competitive sounding and you're trying to fit into a very specific box, then, you know, that, that maybe is very crucial types of, fee- of feedback. But, you know, the reality is it's like people like Mike and I or any tastemakers or someone with a playlist or a record label or whatever, it's just an opinion. And, and, and our opinions don't necessarily make you a career, whether we're right or not. It's really 
a matter of what the fans think and what their feedback is. And if if it's if you're doing something that isn't reacting with the fan base and you're not building fans, nothing that Micah and I are going to say is really going to change that. I think that you need to listen to the people because now you have access to them. And if for some reason your video isn't getting the views that you hope or you're not getting the spins that you hoped and you're not getting the reaction that you hope from, from people, not necessarily tastemakers, then maybe it's a matter of going back and sort of revisiting it is what it is that you do and why is it not reacting? Because no record label management company, publicity firm in the world is going to get you a fan base. You know, you got to, your music has to resonate. And if it's not, then, you know, you got to kind of go back to the drawing board, in my opinion. Yeah. Great point. Uh, number three, be confident and persistent. When speaking about music, confidence is the icing on the cake that makes it sound astonishing. Self-confidence is what makes mediocre musicians become great, especially when it comes to music business games. You have much more chances to go further and deal with unpleasant situations than those who doubt themselves. Yeah. I mean, this is another incredible point. I mean, we kind of look for people who have what we call star power. And a lot of that really is just a confidence. You know, there's a little bit of an air of the way they carry themselves. There's a charisma that goes along with it. But so much of it really comes back to confidence and and the persistence that they're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, we've said this before, but, you know, the music industry is one thing that um, talent, it's not, it's not so much about talent, right? Ta- talent is an indicative of success. Um, but you know, confidence is, you know, the, 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 the most successful people that I know are hyper confident in their ability, whether or not it's justified. I mean, I, I, I can even, I'll just throw myself on the sword for this one. It's just like, man, I am definitely not the most talented bass player in the world. Right. But I'm, confident in my abilities of what I can do and have presented them as such. And maybe part of it is ignorance is bliss as well, but (laughs) like, you know, but, but, but I, I've, I've put myself into situations and climbed the ladder to get to where I've got, which is playing bass in one of the biggest bands in the world. And I got to that point by confidence and persistence. And so I think this is, crucial and very important of, 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 of the top of the subjects we've covered so far. Yeah. The nice thing is, I mean, this is a thing that, you know, you can learn, I mean, it, and it's not going to say you're just going to snap your fingers. And if you're an introvert, you're going to become some, you know, uh, extrovert that's got a ton of confidence, but you can build on it and you can work on things. And, you know, while you're working on your music, you know, think about the ways that you're presenting it. I've heard of so many bands early on who, you know, videotape themselves in the practice space. I've heard of singers who, you know, in between practices, they set up a microphone or microphone stand, uh, you know, in front of a mirror in their living room and would emulate moves of the people that they, you know, worshipped. And it's like, these are things that, that do, they are the ones that, that take these mediocre people and put them a, a step above everybody else. Yep. Number four. Reflect on your music and ask for more comments. Think about and analyze your music all the time. Consider the ways to improve your songs or vocals. After you do this, leave that song for a while. 
come back later and make an objective viewpoint of yourself. Yeah, I mean, not only if you're doing it internally, but you know, there's trusted resources that you can present it to. And again, you have to have a willingness to want to get feedback and then actually, you know, listen to the feedback. I've I've participated in things where, you know, people have asked for feedback, I give it to them, or someone else on a team gives it to them, and then they really don't want to hear it. They want to be married to their idea. And you know, I've watched at times where their idea ends up being, you know, totally fine. And I've watched it at times where artists' ideas, they really should have taken that input from someone else. Um, but I mean, this is a fantastic point. And if we're talking about rejection, right? I mean, what better way to, to start to flirt with a little bit of overall rejection than, you know, by somebody who you know, you're friendly with, or you love and you trust. And when I say love, I don't mean, you know, go to your mom or your dad, because usually they're not going to give you, you know, the the most uh, direct feedback, but, you know, go to your peers, go to other people who you actually trust, who've done something that you emulate, and you're willing to say, okay, why are they giving me this, this particular feedback, and then really take it to heart. So yeah, I think this is another great point. Yeah. And Get out of your comfort zone too. Don't don't just take feedback from people that are going to just you know just tell you how great you are. Um, I think it's important to kind of get outside of the box and put yourself out there. Um, and you know, I also think too, it's like, what do you got to lose? Like, like for instance, I had a situation where uh, a buddy of mine, he's in a band, and he came to me and he's like, "Hey, man, like, I'd be really curious, you know, like your thoughts on my music." great. Do you you want me to be honest? Yes. Okay, great. And I go, it's fine how it is. There's things about it that I don't like, but who am I? Like, I don't necessarily like the name. Like, I think it fits into the box that you're trying to get in, but is it better than the top five artists that are on the radio in that box? You know, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but it's going to depend on a lot of extenuating factors. Um, But it's like, you're already not successful. And what you are is you're kind of a mediocre version of some other shit that already exists and is successful. Why not take a stab at doing something that no one's ever heard? Why not bring in some outside influences? Why not meet up with someone that is completely opposite of what it is that you do and bring that guy in and collaborate with them and try and come up with something that's more unique? Because like I said, what do you have to lose? If you're already not successful, then why not see if you can uncover something that someone's never heard before? And then you're not trying to fit into a box. You're not a mediocre version of something that already exists. You're a brand new version of something that no one can categorize. And whenever you're in that position, you're in the driver's seat as opposed to trying to just catch up to the leader, you know? And, um, so I I think that, you know, it's like, you have to kind of be willing to experiment. And if it's not working the way that you thought it was, then maybe it is because of that. Maybe it is because it's like, you're just sort of a not so great version of some other shit that already exists. Maybe you really got to try and, you know, come up with something that, that is outside of your comfort zone to get, to get somewhere that you really want to be. Yeah. And I mean, the other point that, that I like in here is, you know, it's talking about doing some stuff on your own, consider ways to improve your songs or vocals. 
after you do this, leave that song for a while, come back later and make an objective viewpoint of yourself. So Blasco and I've just, you know, talked about great ways to use outside influence, but you know, part of this is if you're going to become a great songwriter, musician, rock star, you've got to have a lot of that stuff going for yourself. You've got to tie so many of these things together. You know, you've got to be confident and persistent, but you also have to know when you and how you can improve things on yourself. So yeah, really great tip there. Yeah. And look, I mean, I'll even add to it just to give people a real working example, like this podcast, for instance, I mean, here we are approaching episode 100, but we started off doing demos and we did probably, you know, a dozen demos or so trying to find our rhythm. And we would do this exact thing where we did an episode, walked away from it, came back, listened to it, criti- you know, critiqued it a- amongst ourselves and got it to a point to where we found a format that worked. If initially, it, it, we just felt maybe a little too rambling or maybe felt a little too long or felt a little too inconsistent. And we really honed down on what we thought was going to work. And here we are. We followed a format of approaching 100 episodes and it's, it's working. But we wouldn't have been able to do that if we didn't critique ourselves and if we didn't walk away from it and come back to it. So I do think that this is actually a great point. And thanks for pointing that out. Awesome. Uh, um, number five. Final number five, music failures. Use that rejection as a tool. Every loss might simply turn into achievement. You have to start looking at rejections as challenges that bring you new knowledge and opportunities to change yourself or develop the skills. Yeah, I mean- All things considered, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I I didn't realize everything. I I was just going to say, I mean, to me, this is one that I've seen- you know, really, really, really work well if done correctly. Mm-hmm. And it can't come off as bitterness, right? Like, you know, every loss might turn into an achievement. And when you look at rejections as challenges, as long as you don't take it personally, I think that's the key here. If you can use that rejection as a tool for motivation, while not, you know, really just wanting to, you know, shove it in someone's face when you're all said and done. I think that's really such a freaking powerful tool to get you where ultimately you want to be. Yeah. I mean, look, Mike, I mean, let's break it down to the bare necessity of simplicity here. If you are someone that does not like rejection and you're putting yourself in a situation to where you are relying on gatekeepers for your future, then my suggestion to you is do not follow that model. Make your own records, own your own masters, put out your own music. Do not rely on gatekeepers. Be 100% independent. Fuck what anyone else thinks. It only matters what you think. And you put yourself in the driver's seat. Do not rely on anyone else. Because if you can't face rejection, the reality is you're going to face it if you put yourself in that situation. The only way around it is to not involve those types of people that have a say on what it is that you think your art is. Fuck them. Make your own shit and put it out there. Dude, very, very well said. Really, really cool point. You know, I mean, what would, you know, it's like, where would we be without 
SST records or, or discord records or epitaph records. Right. I mean, it's just like, it's like, or where would we be without Ozfest? I mean, the sheer reason of Ozfest's existence is because Lollapalooza didn't want to put Ozzy on the tour. So, <laughs> so Sharon was like, fuck it. Then we'll just start our own tour. Right. We don't need you. Like, we don't need you to tell us that we're not worthy of your festival. We'll start our own. And because of that, we got System of a Down. We got Slipknot. We got a tremendous opportunity to put these brand new artists in front of their proper audience. Right. And, and it's like, how important is that to, I mean, it's like the reason why we're able to have a podcast. It's the reason why people, you know, listen to us is because of these independent, free thinkers that did not take that, that refused rejection. Right. And, and, and to, to me, it's like, if that is not something that you're willing to deal with, then you need to follow that path. Yep. Dude. Awesome point. Uh, all things considered, keep doing what you love as it is the most valuable thing ever. Don't lose that passion that made you fall in love with music and start writing or performing songs. Remember that competition in the music industry shouldn't have a big influence on you as an artist. Almost every music legend has faced dozens of rejections on the way towards worldwide fame. Grab inspiration from them and go on working on your masterpieces. <laughs> hey, man, it's fan. That's, a, that's a great way to summarize. And it really is. I mean, you got to be true to yourself. And I think, you know, the overall takeaway here is you know, familiarize yourselves with the things that other people have had to do to, to navigate. Yeah. The complexities of what ultimately is a business where more people are rejected than accepted. And, you know, the ones who do get accepted, they face tons of rejections themselves. They've just been able to uh, stomach them and figure out ways to change. Sometimes the changes are, are monumental. Sometimes they're very small nuances. And it's really like you said, Blasco, it's about trusting your gut. So you're able to figure out the way that eventually when the stars do align, and if, you, if you've been around long enough and, and you're sticking with it long enough, eventually they kind of do align. Um, you know, you've got the right product uh, that, that really can can shine through. So that's, that's awesome. No doubt. Well, that concludes episode 99. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts of 2018? Just want to say what a magnificent year. Congrats to everybody out there that's had success. And for all of you that are navigating failures, don't let it, uh, don't let it get you down. Don't take it personally. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MikeOloop. And if you're looking to take your musical career just a tiny bit further, check out what we've got over at OuterLoopCoaching.com. Don't forget to visit our sponsors. They support our show and support our network. And uh, therefore, we'd ask that you support them. That's Rockabilia.com with the code PCJabberJaw for 15% off. And of course, BandZoogle.com with the code MENTAL for 15% off. 
But that's all I got for 2018, brother. Thanks, everybody. Peace. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.